basketball junkies. Peter and I are in the house. How you doing, Pete? Is it recording, Mike? You know I have anxiety issues. Anxiety about whether it's recording? Yeah. It looks like it's recording. Like one out of every 30 times it doesn't record. The seconds are going up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, there hasn't really been too much to talk about. I mean, I felt like we did a couple too many podcasts, perhaps, talking about NBA, Duke and the NBA. I guess we could... You know, the we could season, continue. We could we just could. start off with Okafor. Uh, yeah. Well, why don't we? Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get into the Later. actual season preview? Uh, so the plan for today is to discuss uh, the season that's to come, which starts on Friday. Sorry, Friday. Friday yeah. against Elon, big S- big opponent. Santa Ana two <laughs> And uh, we uh, we wanted to go over sort of our first impressions from the exhibition games. Uh, first impressions of players that we've gotten to look at that we hadn't seen before in a Duke uniform and um, you know the early early look at the rotation uh, make some predictions about the season uh, we can definitely talk for a minute about Okafor about some of the, some of the other guys in the NBA are doing first couple weeks of the season and um, try not to take uh, too many hours to do it. <laughs> How you been uh, in general, right, Peter? What's been going on with you? Excellent. Yeah. Did yeah. you were you able to catch the games? The the exhibit. The, well, for, I guess there was the. I watched the majority of the uh, Northwest Missouri State um, live, and then I watched Bowie State um, the second half live, and then the first half I went back and replayed it. Okay. I uh, I watched uh, most of the Northwest Missouri State game live. Yeah. And then... Uh, They're the, what, Division Two or Division Three champions? Something like that. Yeah, okay. Division Division Two. Yeah, Division Two. I think. National champions from last year or... Yeah. You know, something. And <laughs> Bowie, Bowie State. Bowie, Bowie State. Bowie State. Uh, what a joke. <laughs> I mean... First impression, we can ball. We got we got some serious talent. Some amazing talent and skill talent. Yes. Skill I mean, talent and height and length. Yes. Um, I, I keep trying to um, rein back my enthusiasm for the team because obviously these guys are Division Two or Division Three or like very small schools. The actual games don't seem to have meant very much. Right. I mean, but these, to the I'm eye taking test, these the eye test in terms of ball movement and passing and even defense and height and getting offensive rebounds, they, they all seem to share the ball. Um, just a endless supply of bigs. Talent level just seems really strong and the skill level. I agree. Yeah. Uh, like even, even in the, the most recent game, Justin Robinson seemed like a capable big. Well, I remember two years ago, he's this scrawny little guy who looked like the wind might blow him away, but he's bulked up and he seems serviceable. Obviously, he's not going to play, but... Yeah, although uh, apparently he's ahead of Jordan Tucker in the, in the rotation. Poor Jordan Tucker. He was so excited to show up and... Wait, is it Jordan Tucker? Justin Tucker. Um, Feels like something we should know, right? There's so many Jordans in the... Justin Tucker, probably. Justin Tucker. But I bet... Jordan Tucker. Jordan Tucker. Jordan Tucker. I Jordan bet. Tucker, who we, uh, I became a fan of his on Twitter early in the summer as the Juice Man, the real Jay Tucks on there. 
Yeah. And uh, we were both pretty excited about his recruitment. It seemed like we added a much-needed shooter, added some depth. We weren't sure how deep we were going to be. We just kept adding on recruits. And uh, it turns out he just he doesn't got a, seem to have cracked. He got rotation. a raw deal. What do you mean he got a raw deal? I mean, how do he, you know he's not terrible in practice? What do you mean he got a raw he deal? He got a raw deal in the sense that he's a top 40 recruit, which means he can pretty much go to any school that he wants. And Syracuse and Jim Beheim, you know, he's from that area. They recruited him hard. He could pretty much be guaranteed a starting role. At Syracuse, probably get a shoot 10 or 12, 13 times. And instead, he just gets to watch this amazing, talented team. Well, I think he was the number 40 exactly, saying a top 40, in one of the ratings. And um, there are other ratings where he was in the 70s, 80s. He was not. He was a four-star recruit. Four-star, not a five-star recruit. Right. Yeah. I'm, four star recruited, highly recruited. Yeah. Four star recruits Most come to are, Duke and don't always play. Yeah. You know, and he knew he knew that he was entering the maelstrom in terms of talent. Like, I, I feel like he was really exuberant a couple months ago, and now he's a bit deflated, sort of like Marquise right. Bolden like right, last let, year. Let, let's back off our fetish of over scrutinizing, underutilized Duke players for a minute. Get back into it. Put, put, we'll put Jordan Tucker where he belongs, sort of. You know, after we've covered the, the main headlines. Fair? Sure. All right. Let, let's let's go through each player and what our impressions of each uh, have been just watching limited limited action in these meaningless exhibition games and the blue-white game. Okay. Um, I'm going to start right at the top. Grayson Allen. Looks unbelievable. Looks like the Grayson Allen we expected to see last year. Yeah. Um, uh, injuries, maybe. Yeah, we always go back to the injuries, so he's, he looks he's healthy. And I remember Coach K got into it with the reporter last year in an, in an interview. You know, he was like, Grayson is a phenomenal athlete. He's not a good athlete. He's a phenomenal athlete. That's something you wouldn't understand because you and I, we're just, we're just a couple of schmucks. But he's a phenomenal athlete, so a lot of his success in he games. He called the reporter a schmuck? Not maybe not a <laughs> schmuck, but that was his general point: is that we we don't understand because he's such a good athlete, and so much of his game is derived from his athleticism. And last year he didn't have it; he was limited, right? Which is why we saw him take it to the. Although to, they're they're so vague about injuries that Duke is that sometimes they leave us in the dark. Yeah. We're just we're left to wonder. I mean, every week last last season we're like. Is he 100%? Is right. he not? He looked good in that game. He didn't look good. In it's the... like toe, ankle, foot right. injuries. He looked he looked relatively fantastic in the UNLV game. He's just flying around, dunking the ball with authority, and just plopping down on the ground. But I, I feel like the coaches have also tried to coach him up to like not go so hell-bent crazy that you're just going to be flopping and hitting the deck every time because he's too valuable to the team. His leadership is too valuable to the Last team. Last year he came into the season with some... some one or two known nagging injuries probably plagued him throughout the year. Wasn't one to complain. Right. Had other storylines going on with him. And I think his stock dropped a little in a lot of people's eyes. Not just because of the, the tripping thing, but, you know, because... Yeah, not that, just a little, I mean, precipitously. Yeah, the, the athleticism that we were stunned by as a freshman and sophomore... And the skill, it all seemed to drop off a little bit as shooting percentages went down. Yeah. Uh, even at the free throw line. Right. So this year in the exhibition games, I think he looks. I mean, he seems like the total package. I mean, his he just looks tremendous. He still has the the passing. He can just throw it up to any number of athletic bigs. He just throws it up to Bagley, Wendell Carter, yeah. Javon Delorier, and they just they dunk. 
in these exhibition games against right. the Lilliputians. Right. But right, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, but but they were sort of worthy David Suarez Goliaths, but still like they're yeah. outmanned. You know, like the Bowie State had two guys six eight were their two tallest guys. It's very clear to me Grayson's one. You know, the leader of the team or one of the certainly on the, on the court leader, and he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of usage this year. He's gonna see a lot of open looks. Due to all the talent around them. I think a lot of people will get a lot of open looks, especially if yeah. this team continues to move the ball the way it's done in these two relatively meaningless games. I mean, obviously things are going to get tougher against UNC and Florida State. And First Virginia. impression, Grayson, A+. Plus. Yeah. You know, I mean, if well. We, if we want to good. stick on Grayson, we could talk yeah. about, you know, where do you think he'll finish all time in terms of points scored? What's the likelihood that his jersey is retired? Yeah, I think it's it's a little loaded. Uh, I think he has to have great success this year. I think the team has to be successful this year for him to get his number retired. Okay. Um, you know, his career has been a mix, even though he's he's been pretty great overall, right? Yeah. Like his freshman year even was a mix, mixed bag. I mean, he didn't actually contribute all that much most of the year. Comes in as a relief pitcher and kind of wins us a national championship against Wisconsin. Or something like that. Yes. Then, sophomore year, tremendous. Absolutely on pace to get his number retired. But last year was such a disappointment. Such a mixed year. Uh, mostly negative for him. Even though he was still pretty darn good by all objective standards for yeah, I mean, as far as college basketball. Again, going back to last year, I was totally happy when he checked into games. You know, we're we're gaining. Still love to have him on the court. Sure, know, absolutely. Even so, though he didn't start this year, if he's player of the year, if he's close uh, to player of the year, player of the year. Is so is so you're picking yeah, even one just, kid out of out yeah, of like even if he's the ACC player kids. of the year, yeah. if he's like just has a transcendent year and the team at least makes the final four, more probably getting to the championship game, winning the championship. Then I think there's a real strong argument to be made, especially in the day, for, the day and age where nobody jer- stays for four years for jersey retirement. Yeah, yeah, let's let's reward guys that stay four years. If he scores like 18, you know? 19, 20 points a game, st- still is a good passer, is a great leader, and the team goes to the final four, maybe wins it all. I think there's a very very high chance that his uh, jersey's retired. Yeah, he's got he's got to get something in terms of a uh, first or second team All American, something like that, that yeah. even to have the conversation. Right, yeah. since he's if he has a year like last he's probably year, not going to be defensive player of the year, which would be no another criteria. Yeah, if he's a year like last year, it's, it's not even not even a top. As long as he's healthy, barring injury, and I don't I know mean, I don't I, know where he's at with the. I, I actually feel points. like uh, his points, yeah, yeah. probably like 1,350. You know, I I feel like he'll finish top top five all time, top six or seven. Sounds like you've done the research. I haven't really looked. Uh, I guess something we'll talk about during the year. I never know where to go for all-time Duke points because it's not like a, it's not a very accurate database or whatever. Uh, I went to DukeReport.com just now, and and they have it. John Shire, they're saying is tenth. Is that true? It doesn't seem true to me. I guess yeah, it's Shire's true. Shire's a four-year starter. Yeah, two thousand two thousand seventy-seven points. Jason Williams only played three years. Two thousand seventy-nine. Gene Banks, two thousand seventy-nine. Mark Allery, Danny Ferry, all in, both in the twenty one hundreds. Kyle Singler, fourth all time, twenty three ninety two. Underrated Duke all time. Kyle Singler. Yeah, for sure. So Leitner, Dawkins, Reddick, twenty four hundred, twenty five hundred, twenty seven hundred, and Grayson has how many? 
I think around 1,300-ish. I think he could finish top five with a, with a fantastic year. <clears throat> uh, well, they play 40 games, and he averages 20 a game. That's 800 points. That would put him in the top 10 for sure. Um, yeah. Total points, Grayson, real quick. 1424 heading into the year. So, you know, he'd have to average an insane amount to crack the top three. I don't think that's really possible with this deep of a team. I think most likely he passes Shire, passes Jason Williams Banks, maybe gets in that Allery Ferry tier, uh, fifth, sixth, seventh. But we'll see. Yeah, around there. You know, there's a decent chance he doesn't have to play a lot of minutes this year. Oh, he'll, one play, he'll play a lot of minutes. Well, if this team's blowing teams out, you know. That, that won't stop anything. <laughs> Coach K does love to run it. All right, so Grayson. Even in the Bowie State game, all the, the, the analysts were like, oh, I can't believe these guys are in there up by 60 points. Yeah, but it's a young team that have to get experience playing together. You know, I, I understand it. I understand okay. it. it might, that might be the case the first few weeks of the year, too. It's like most of these guys are only here one year. They right. need minutes. Right. To you know, just to get to improve. Yeah. Um, okay. So Grayson uh, looks great so far. No complaints. Didn't mess with anyone in Bowie State. Um, I'm gonna. I think the guy who looks the, the two guys who look the best besides Grayson uh, are freshmen Gary Trent and uh, Wendell Carter. I am really impressed by Carter. Really impressed. Carter looks absolutely I mean, sick. He is he is so skilled. He seems so efficient and confident and his game is he just his game there's nothing sticking out. There's nothing sticking out of the car. Does a lot of things well, is what you're saying. He it does he does everything well. He never even bobbles the ball, as far as I can tell. Right. And, you know, obviously he's going against some undersized teams, and he's a big guy. Yeah. But even when he steps outside and takes a shot, it looks pretty good. Shot looks good. Offensive rebounds, ball movement. The ferocity and speed with which he attacks the rim, how quickly he gets the ball to the rim off of his little post moves, it's It seems like he's skilled inside and outside. He can draw his his defender outside. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's a smart guy. He, he just seems like he's like a, a skilled, talented guy. We're just so used to like bigs coming in. Like, I feel like with Marshall and, and Mason, when they came in, their their first year and a half, two years was just all like travels and this guy's a different dribbling the ball off yeah, the foot a, out of bounds. And he's a different animal, a bunch of fouls. But I feel like this guy might his where he is in the process might be accelerated, like, he might be past all. He looks more advanced than even like Carlos Boozer did as a freshman, and Carlos Boozer looked great as a freshman. I mean, just based on what we've seen so far. Right. But like Elton Brand, okay. Carlos Boozer yeah, looked, I can see looked fantastic as freshman. Wendell Carter looks fantastic, and he's playing. Uh, he's playing the the true five to start with Bagley out in the perimeter. So like in terms of the confusion about how many bigs are going to start and what the roles are going to be, I thought it was interesting that he appears to be the low post guy. The yeah, Not, I mean, some I possessions yeah. they switch. I don't know if Coach K likes to pigeonhole his players like that in terms of yeah. you're the five, you're the four, you're the three. Um, but I mean, any of those guys can can guard down low and, I mean, and extend out, and he can space the floor and hit shots on the outside too, which is special. It's he looks fantastic. I 
there was I saw zero to criticize right with him uh, Wow <laughs> yes uh, and he's he's so he's better than I thought he's, he's, he looks even better and again against the Lilliputians so we'll see right <laughs> but I mean his peers were raving about him you know when, when I listened to snippets of interviews of all these guys Trayvon and yeah. Evan Knox and all these guys when they're talking about these summer camps they're saying yeah Wendell's playing phenomenal like, phenomenal I can see why Bagley is the bigger NBA recruit, NBA prospect fluidity yeah just in Blank. terms of like upside who could be like a ball dominant you know uh you know, more of a high usage, ball handler, passing, like more of a five-tool player. Yeah. Um, Wendell Carter just seems more like a, more of a traditional, skilled, very efficient player. Maybe just not quite as sexy right. as like I can imagine people are looking at Bagley and imagining a certain kind of like, you know, yeah, Kevin I, Durant, LeBron James sort of upside. Wendell Carter seems more like a Joe Smith. You know, more like a. Okay. You know, I don't know. More like a guy who's just I mean, going to get the job done. I think you're m- dirty, more, quick and more easy. you have a partiality to, to like find comps for these guys. Yeah, I don't know who the comps um, are really at this point, but I remember there's like a noted college basketball analyst who is is trying to find a guy for Marvin Bagley. Yeah, and, and he was like, Kevin Garnett. They're like, no, come on, he can't be like Kevin Garnett. Then he's like, James Worthy. You know, but I mean, what does, it really, what does it really matter at this point? You know, these guys are clearly all we really care about, right? Is how they're going to do this year yeah. at Duke. Like last year, pointed that out to me. Like, who cares what Harry Giles is going to be? He was nothing for us. He was like a a marginally decent. It's a sad tale. Like bench player, but not really even. Yeah. And Jason Tatum, even like he's doing fantastic on the Celtics. He was really good for us last year. But it was great down the stretch. It was great down the great. stretch. He was really good for a while, but he still had some efficiency issues, yeah. shot selection issues, you know, on offense. Uh, and I think it was due to missing the preseason, missing a part of the preseason, being injured. He wasn't yeah. able to integrate, and the team was. So Wendell Carter just seems like Wendell. Yeah, whatever. Wendell Carter seems uh, like just. Perfect. Perfect to slot in. He, I have full confidence in him already. He seems great. My only issue, not with him, is just that these guys were all like the absolute man on their high school team. Now they come and they all have to mesh. I still feel like that is a, a process that's going to take a while for it to like all. Sure. You know. I yeah. Mean, can, can you ma- like? Can you imagine on Wendell Carter's team what the second best guy and the third best guy on the team looked like? And now he's on a team where. He might be the third or fourth option. I mean, this looks like an absolute all-star squad. Yes, I mean, that's the impression after these games. It's like, yeah, it, it's like one of those. It's really like one of those super-loaded Kentucky teams that, right? You know, it looks like that to me. Gary Trent uh, also looks fantastic. His, his shot looks does, better. Does he ever miss? Yeah, his shot looked better. I mean, from the reports we got from Ricky Price and a few other things that we read, mm-hmm. you know, he was more of like an attack dog good defensively could shoot but his outside shot wasn't like a great he definitely looks thing. super strong his with shot the ball looks smooth yeah looks I mean, tenacious yeah sure small sample size theater yeah. but against yeah. uh, you know opponent he obviously looks very comfortable on the court uh, for those of you who didn't see the exhibition games he basically made every shot 
He started four for four from three point range against Bowie State. He yeah. again also a lot of a lot get of, anywhere in the corner. A lot of these, to get, you these know? threes were wide open because yeah. of the defense is collapsing on some other yeah. five star McDonald's All American super talented first round NBA draft pick. Yeah, and he's the beneficiary of some good passing. He also drove and created. Yeah, and uh, just had a had a real sense of confidence about pulling up from the mid range, about yeah. finishing near the rim. His composure is probably what struck me the most um, in the second game. You know, Duke Duke was short of um, guard guard play because of the suspension to the three knuckleheads. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. And. Uh, but he was he was comfortable with the ball and he was composed. I mean, again, probably more of a function of just the opponent. Yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll see. despite the opponent, like, both him and Carter looked fantastic, yeah. and it's hard to imagine they aren't going to be reliable this year. And yes, you don't know how these freshmen are actually going to be once they get on on court. Whether they're going to shy away, you know, for the yeah. moment, be timid, be clumsy, you and, know, have jitters. And, yeah, you're also going up against those two guys. Did not right. <laughs> and you're also just going up against more talented guys. And I think what's most important is, you know, like imagine going up against UNC, Joel Berry mm-hmm. and Theo Pinson and these guys. Like, it's not that they're also very, very talented, but they're experienced. Like, they've gone to the Final Four. They've played in tremendously important games with each other. And they can draw on that, whereas we've got a bunch of freshmen, you know, and that may cost us. Yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen down the line, but these guys don't look like freshmen to me. Those two guys. Those two guys don't look like freshmen to me. We'll see. They get eight pluses. We'll in big Great. Those two guys in Grayson, based on what we've seen, all, all we can go off is what we've seen so far. Yeah. For me, eight pluses, they look, I'm completely well, ready to rely on Okay, them. let me ask you a quick question. But I'm gonna move, we're going to move to the other guys, and I don't think anyone yeah. else gets an A plus, do they? Maybe Javin. Ba- based on Based on, I, based I on expe- expectation. Did anyone else, based on your eye test, Deserve an absolute A plus for what they've done in the exhibition so far. You gave these guys A pluses. A pluses. What, do you, what on, else? Based what on else a, do you want? Based on efficiency. Based on how they look. I mean, they're A's. They're 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 definitely A's. Better than better than advertised, or just as good as advertised. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that statement. Okay. The other the other guy that exceeded my expectations by a lot was Javin. Javin Delorier. Javin Delorier. Uh, you're, you're, he was your favorite guy last year to complain about not playing. Ba- based on the first half of the Bowie State game, he started the game. He started the game. And he was really sixth or seventh much. man in the first game. Okay. So he's solidly looking like part of the rotation. We were wondering if he was going to play this year. Right. He looked like a beast on defense. He was very, very active. He did a lot of the little things right. that we're going to need him to do. A few, a few really good blocks. Yes, six ten. He can jump out of the out of the gym, and so against shorter opponents, he should get a few thunderous blocks. And his shot looked decent. Okay, like yeah. a like a jump shot. Like I had no 12, expectations. 12, 15 foot jump shot. Just his offensive prowess in general looked putbacks. Yeah, he, he yeah he looked he looked he looked good to me. He looked better than I expected. I didn't know what to expect. We didn't see him much last year. Yeah. he was fouling a lot last year. Well, he didn't play. Well, when you know the limited minutes, he he would come in. He, Pick up some fouls. He he finished around the rim decently well a few times last year. But decently well, he finished eight of nine from the floor <laughs> total for the season. He only took nine shots. All dunks mostly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, the limited memory, I guess. But uh, yeah, 
I mean, he looks like he's ready to step up and play a major role in the team. Yeah. What? So I, what, I would give him a, a solid B plus. And I'm optimistic for him, yeah. but I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle. I mean, I, I I envision the the starting lineup going like it was in the first game against Northwest Missouri State, and then Bolden coming in, and I expect Javin to come in also. But I wonder how many more minutes he'll see. You know, like I, I can see Bolden getting his 15, 20 minutes a game. I wonder if Coach K, if he sticks with like a seven man rotation, if he wants scoring off the bench, like a shooter, which, I think, which Javin isn't. Like, I think there's like a ball, like a ball handler. Otherwise, Grayson and Trey, Trayvon the ball and Trent, they can never come out of the game. What are you talking about? They're playing Bagley at guard. No, they're not. I mean, he brought yeah. it up a few times, but he's not Ben Simmons. He's pen, He's a point forward. That's how they're they're, they're I, giving him some I, usage in I, that respect. I disagree. And that they're stationing him out in the perimeter. And, yeah. And I mean, they're looking to play four out a lot, and Bagley's one of the four. Right. A lot of the time, he spent more time in the perimeter than he did in the post. Okay. All in all, for for all these exhibition games. So I mean, I actually think Delorier is perfectly situated. To do all the things the other guys don't do, okay. he's not gonna take a lot of shots from anyone. He's gonna be the guy that that adds and doesn't take away on the court. And uh, I, yeah, I think he's gonna get. I think he's gonna get major minutes this year. Like a Lance Thomas, David McClure type role, setting picks, crashing the boards, playing defense, hustle plays, that type of stuff. Talking on defense. I think his upside is significantly higher than those guys. Yeah, and. I, I'm thinking just I'm thinking he's going to be basically a, a star role player for this team and he's going to get a lot of opportunities he's going to get ignored he's going to be the recipient of uh, weak side dishes weak side alley-oops uh, offensive rebound putbacks and on defense he just looks ready to lead and step up yeah. on the defensive end I'm, I'm excited about him I, I mean I am too I I, I just feel like easy to root for too. Yeah, I mean everyone. I don't. I don't know anyone who dis, dislikes him. I mean, we've been I, burned in the past yeah, by I, Coach I, K's I rotations like, and yeah. guys we like not don't quite make the cut. I don't think they're only going to play six guys. I in, just in feel like I, I, I suspect that his playing time is going to dwindle and dwindle as the as the season progresses. Give me an over under on his minutes per game. <sighs> Something in the range of like. High single digits. Well, I think you're super off. Super off. I'm. I'm gonna. I. I would bet he plays at least eighteen to twenty minutes a game. I'll take the under on eighteen <laughs> to twenty. All right. We'll see. That's that's the first prediction. Is uh, I'm telling you, Delorier is gonna gonna play half the game at least. Okay. Uh, you know, and I could see in a very tight game against a big opponent, Coach K goes back to being Coach K and only plays is most talented offensive players and for like 38, 37, 36, 39 minutes each. I mean, that could happen at, at some point in the season, but I think DeLaurier is a big part of the, of the team this year. Okay, I, I think the tests are going to come fast and furious. Elon is, is a pretty good team, and they were they returned, like I think, I believe all their starters. And Shut up, man. They, come on. They gave us a game last year, didn't they? Wasn't Weren't we projected to win by like 20 and we beat them by 7 or 8? I mean, obviously there was a lot going on. And then the third game is in Chicago against Michigan State. That's going to be an epic, epic game. 
Yeah, it's a big game. It's a big early season game. And just a couple games after that is at in, at Indiana. So we're gonna have a lot of big time big time games. Coming yeah, there's up. gonna be ten or fifteen games this year that that Coach K could yeah. tighten up the rotation. I, I think Delare is a big part of the team. I think he's gonna be in there. Um, yeah, I hope. And, and I think I, a lot I, of these I other guys are just not gonna play much at all because these other guys are too talented. But okay, so I really like what I saw out of Deloria. You did too. Yes. Um, the rest of the guys to me had like pretty mixed results. Uh, I, I remember based on expectations. Yeah, I remember Bagley was uh, underwhelming, even maybe borderline disappointing in the first game. So Bagley's but, rep, but in is the he's, sec- he's going to be the, the, t- the T Rex, right? Was fantastic. He was fantastic in the second game. He's clearly supremely talented. When he goes up for that ferocious dunk. His head is, his eyes are at the rim. He's blocking people inside out. Yeah. He, he there was this play where Grayson overshot him with a with a pass. He caught it, but he was going too fast, so he did a three sixty to convert. I mean, otherwise he would have gone out of bounds. He did the three sixty and then dunked it. There's no doubt he's a next level athlete. Yeah. Maybe one of the best or the best athlete ever to come through the program. I'm not disputing that. I'm not disputing he's gonna be the number one pick in the draft or number two or number three. Yeah. But as a college player on this team, of course he adds tons of value. But his game is sloppy. I mean, it could be he wasn't taking the opponent that seriously. Yeah. It could be it could be that like on bananas and you know, I saw a very small sample. Right. But to me, his handle, his passing, his uh, carelessness with the ball around the rim or sort of lack of intensity and focus. Right. It was like uh, it did not juxtapose well compared to Wendell Carter's game. It was, so, okay. I, I watched the, I also don't know who he is. I mean, Marvin Bagley? Yeah, in terms of like being this perimeter-oriented big guy, uh, which is the trend, you know, for certainly for the NBA. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how, how sure he is he, of who he is. He just strikes me as an above-the-rim type of player. Yeah. Um, and and a guy who down in the paint is going to be so much more athletic than his opponent. Um, I watched the Northwest Missouri State game maybe like a week ago, and I, I definitely remember I was disappointed by him. Not not in the sense that the talent's not there, just he struck me as a guy who's so much more talented than his opponents in junior high and high school and AAU that he could just um, out-talent his opponents and maybe not have to work on a great outside shot or work on the free throws or I mean, work on the fundamentals. These guys all play all-star games all year, camps against all the other best players. Yeah, It's not like he hasn't faced competition. Right. I mean, he's going up against NBA players in the Drew League in the summertime. Yeah. But but to disagree with you, I mean, just a couple hours ago, I rewatched the first half of the Bowie State game, mm-hmm. and he looked fantastic. He's definitely fantastic. I'm not saying this guy is like a washout. He's going to be a bust or anything like that. He's yeah. clearly going to be good, very good yeah. for us, and probably great in the NBA, but... I mean, we don't have. How to. does he fit into the team concept this year for Duke? And I think that that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and how does his game translate once the opponents become more experienced, team oriented, bigger? Um, My guess is fourteen and seven is what what we're going to see. Yeah, I have, I have no guess on stats, but uh, he was interesting. Uh, he was not 
as dominant as I might have expected, given the opponents. My guess for Grayson is eighteen and five. You're just just eighteen points again. Freelancing out into five assists. Predictions. I think Marvin Bagley is going to be like fourteen. What did I say? Fourteen and seven. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't. I just don't know how efficient he's got. My concern is efficiency and team play, and turnovers. And was he chucking he up a the, bunch of like? I just thought he had the loosest, the loosest game. You know, I in thought the first game he was the most sort of mistake prone out of all these guys we're talking about. Okay. Um, the top top guys, and so to whatever extent he gets major usage, you know, perhaps he's going to be he's going to end up being a less efficient college player than Grayson Wendell. And Gary Trent, even though he's more talented. Yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe, we'll he, maybe he could be like Anthony Davis at Kentucky, where he's like, you know, he, he was fantastic. Davis wasn't that offensively talented, and a lot of nights he just told his teammates, "Look, I'm just going to play defense and rebound. You guys score." Well, he was the best. He's one of the best defensive players in college. Yeah, you could seen. feel his presence. You, yeah. His presence was palpable each game, and maybe Bagley's is going to sort of take that route because his offensive game isn't quite as polished. So I think Bagley has but, so but, many skills and talents yeah. that he doesn't necessarily know exactly what to do yeah. or what to focus on. But That's see, what kind of what I mean by unfocused. Like Wendell Carter knows exactly who he is, it seems to me, uh, after two exhibition games. And like this but, is all... You when, know. Wendell Carter, to me, seems like somebody who's put a lot more work to polish his offensive skill set. Mm-hmm. You know, He's not just talented, he's not just tall, he's not just strong, but he's got... A lot of moves he can go to on in the paint, like just seems more precise, right? Yeah. But but with uh, Marvin Bagley, I see Grayson Allen just throwing up these relatively high degree of difficulty alley oops. I saw him do like a baseball pass three quarter length. Um, he just knows. He knows this guy. He knows can this go guy's a freak. Anything. He's yeah. a total freak. Yes, yeah. I he knows agree. he's a freak. Yeah. So I mean, that's got to be. Listen, I'm thrilled he's on the yeah. team. I'm not and, like trying to take him and down. And on here. the defensive end, I, I felt like because we had three bigs on the court, he was guarding a guy who was like six two or six three. I mean, that guy's never going to score. He shouldn't be able to score against Marvin Bagley. Well, listen, this is why he's 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 going to present incredible matchup problems. The whole team, the whole team's going to present matchup problems. Bagley, Bagley in most. particular Bagley is the most, most versatile in terms of inside outside athleticism. It's going to be. Interesting to see how he gets utilized, how he fits into the team concept. Yeah. Um, so let, let's move on. Sure. To uh, Trayvon Duval, part of the three guys who got suspended for academic reasons for the second exhibition game. Uh, I saw someone post that it was real courageous of Coach K to suspend these guys for an exhibition game, <laughs> not a regular season game. <laughs> like as if they he'd suspended them for Elon, it would have mattered anyways. <laughs> although apparently you think Elon's going to be tough. No, uh, I'm not saying they're going to be tough. I think it's going to be a tough test. I expect us to win by 15 or 20 a points. Bigger test but this guys, it, but team's not going to be like uh, not just Bo State. Over. It's yeah. not going to be like a 60-point game. I got you. I got you. Though, you know, yeah. that'd be nice. So, I guess these guys are late for class or missed a class or two. And Coach K sends a clear message at the beginning of the season. Who are the three guys? Duvall, uh, o- O'Connor? O'Connell. A lot of people <laughs> spell O'Connor, but it's O'Connell. Alex O'Connell. O'Connell, just and, like T.J. McConnell. Okay. And uh, Jordan Goldwire. And Jordan Goldwire, who, who surprisingly was seemingly high up in the rotation in the first exhibition game. Yeah, I mean, when they said Trayvon is going to be suspended, they they, announced they, they, him first. they said Goldwire is going to probably start. I was like, really? You know? 
Okay, well, let's get into Duval. My, my guess is they're all roommates, and they're, they're just, you know, playing uh, video games late into the night. And yeah, who, who knows what they're doing? But message probably, probably, re- probably received. You think the message was directed at UNC? UNC? Our guys go to class. We know. The professors shut, tell us. Shut up. And then we Come suspend on, them man. for a game. Not like you guys. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I, obviously, that's ridiculous. I'm joking. I know. Enough of this UNC shit. No. Everyone's trying to give them a tough time. They've paid the penalty for years. What? The perceived penalty. Recruits haven't wanted to go there. They don't know. Like the, the hammer's been hanging down on them. So you're in bed with Roy Williams, huh? Dude, everybody is like, <laughs> all the dupe Twitter, they're all complaining about UNC. It's a sham. It's a fraud. What the their classes were a sham. Yeah, but they were for everyone to take. Potentially. Yeah, it was a sham for everyone. Yeah. I mean, we had intro to jazz, man. And <laughs> two, it's not like there's no easy classes. Sociology, was it Sociology 11 was in the class. PE classes, there's tons of, tons of shortcuts at Duke as well. At not every, quite the every same. College. But not the same. But your point is taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and it's not like they paid no penalty. I didn't realize you were such a UNC fan. Oh, I'm just tired of hearing the excuses. These guys, <laughs> UNC runs a really good program, right? Yes, they, they, they do. have had a lot of success despite being under the hammer. And like, hats off to them. Good for them. I'm glad they didn't get some major suspension that would have like killed their program. That wouldn't have been good for us, you know? Right. And God forbid we're ever in the same position. I know how that people would be. So I don't think it's right. I think UNC generally runs a pretty pretty clean program I don't think Dean Smith was a cheater and I don't think Roy Williams is uh you know who knows who knows with all the stuff that's coming out it's just I'm surprised more names haven't been I don't know yeah we don't know what's coming we haven't really gotten into I mean it's just I I can't believe Rick Pitino is the only guy who gave the go-ahead to this this stuff that's going on yeah I it's just uh, we're in such a uh, as the public until more and more like we just we just don't know stuff. We can make assumptions, but like it's unless pretty, I think it's a pretty safe assumption. Well, Players Patino, get paid, yeah, get paid, fine. parents get paid, and Patino's not the only guy who pays. Yeah, them. we know stuff goes on. Right, everyone knows stuff goes on. We don't know what exactly goes on and who did what. Right, it's you know we we can we can speculate as to Patino we have from decades right you know but uh ultimately like all all we really can do is talk about the basketball yeah and talk about suspensions or firings as they happen i made one poor joke we got derailed already on the season preview come on unc i was just saying optics beat them on the court in terms of optics (laughs) maybe this doesn't look good because now again this feeds into the we hate Duke because they're older than thou. They're spending their kids for being a little bit late in class. Meanwhile, nobody, UNC players never go to class and they nobody get paper cares. grades. Nobody cares about these three suspensions for this exhibition game. It's, you know, if it was Grayson Allen, everybody would have cared. Nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. Uh, so I don't really care either. You know, As long as nothing else happens in the future, I'm willing to give these kids a one-time pass. I'm not going to pass judgment when I didn't show up for class myself and was late. But would you I, agree actually, that If this, I was late, I just wouldn't show up. Would you know? agree that this is a... <laughs> a bad sign, um, especially for Trayvon Duvall. All right, for Duvall, he is the most at stake, right? right? Because he pro- he's probably just thinking, I need passable grades for first semester, and then I'm just going to peace out for second semester. Who knows what he's thinking, man? You don't know this guy. Maybe, 
Maybe it's, who knows? Okay. All right. All right. You know, let's, I mean, not, let's not make assumptions about these guys. I, I would imagine Coach K wouldn't suspend him if they were just late one time or they missed class one yeah. time. It's probably a repeated pattern, he's, and the school year just started. He's a young guy so at college you're, you're for the first time. You're not worried at all? I'm a little worried. I'm not worried. I'm you're not, not worried. worried. I'll be worried if something else happens. Okay. Maybe, what I'm worried about is maybe, Duvall's maybe. jump shot. <laughs> maybe. Because it looked a little ugly. You know, in game one, in uh, in exhibition yeah, but game I, one, I think I think that was um, that was um, well documented beforehand. We knew that they, that that was Sh- his potential shaky weakness, J. shaky jump shot. He, he relies on his athleticism to overpower the point guards guarding him and take it to the rack and, and create and open looks, shots for his teammates. And he looks very dynamic as a ball handler, very strong with the ball. He's apparently finishes around the rim very well. He looked. He Russell Westbrook the, and he, Derek Rose is, was the comp. Everybody's uh, Russell, Russell Westbrook. He passed my eye test in terms of athleticism, yeah. handle, all that stuff. And then he then he then he chucked up a three pointer and it almost broke the backboard. <laughs> <laughs> almost took the rim down with it. But you know, again, he took one I or mean, two shots. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? It's one shot. So, but it, yeah, it didn't insult confidence. Yeah. So just something to look out for. So that that's what he doesn't get the A plus from me because. You know, because well, of that. For, for, yeah, for, but for, I'm glad for he's me, here. Yeah, I think we probably. Me, uh, his shot was known to be not good, so doesn't really affect. Still a top five, top seven recruit. Yeah, I mean, he took. One, I'm thinking of one shot he took. So who knows? In particular. Yeah, I mean, JJ Redick threw a couple couple of air balls up. You know, during his Duke career. Um, all right, so Trayvon, we'll wait and see. Hopefully this is a one-time occurrence with the suspension, yeah. not any kind of ongoing issue. Uh, he's He's got a pretty important role. You know, like... Oh, Gra- super, Gra- super Gra- important. Grayson um, filled in pretty admirably and did well with his passing, but I know, I know he and Coach K would probably want him to play off the ball, look for a shot, be more yes. of an, a scoring assassin as opposed to being the facilitator, which he can do also. Now, Duvall's super important... Super important, yeah, on this team, no doubt. So and defending guards as well. He's going to yeah. be our, our best defensive. I want to say that's another huge asset. Huge for, for the ball. Huge. I'd much rather have the ball on this team than a than a, a really good shooting, less athletic point guard. You know, point guard we might see who who was who we were recruiting, but we didn't get is the uh, Thanksgiving games. Um, we're either going to play Texas or uh, Butler. Matt Coleman is at Texas. Yeah. He's like a top 40 point guard who... Came down to us in Texas, we think. And, and, and he said, oh, I'll go to go with Shocker Smart. Yeah, I'll take Duval. I'll yeah. take Duval. I, you know, uh, some of the guys I listen to have been scouting the college season for, you know, draft guard, guard draft prospects, and they had Duval number two, you know, out of the, all of college. Who's, who's number one? Uh, number one was uh, the his other. point guards or just guards in general. These were, I think these were just guards in general. Yeah, uh, what was the guy's name? I've forgotten his name already, but he was the absolute no. He's he's widely considered the number one point guard in the class. Uh, in it's escaping the, the twenty eighteen class. I thought Duvall was the number one. Nah, this guy, this guy. I, I'll look it up and we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute. Um, so Duval will move on from sure. So that's you know including Delaria that's six. We hit all the starting five right, Bolden. and then Bolden. Yeah, 
Bolden, who we thought was going to transfer, all the rumors were, uh, apparently came close, didn't, came back. Uh, last year was a lottery pick projection preseason, didn't live up. <laughs> Hugely disappointed, I'm sure. That's personally. an understatement that he didn't live up. <laughs> didn't live up, although, you know, he didn't get that many minutes either, but. Opportunities. Yeah, so, you know, we were we were wondering whether he might start, whether he's going to see the minutes that I'm sure he's hoping to play. Uh, he was the sixth man. He was the first big off the bench. Right. Uh, and he looked pretty pretty good, right? There are some moments where, where I thought, that's fantastic. His height and his wingspan and his vertical, like his jump ability, you know, on some of his dunks, he looked like, you know, a baby shack. But there are other times where he's moving around the court where I, I, to my eyes, it's very clear he's still growing into his body and he's not totally comfortable with just even just moving around. And I think it sort of speaks to like most human beings that are six foot 11. Sure. Are not very good athletes. They're, they're very clumsy, you know? Well, I think he is a pretty good athlete, but, but I do, I agree that he, he looks, he looks a little, looks, little, yeah, and he's not clumsy. Built, he's not built like a tank. Like Wendell Carter's, his body is more strong. You know, like if you look at Bolden, his arms are a little not quite as big. I'll take Bolden in a fight over over <laughs> Carter. Yeah, but I don't know. But like, if, if he's, he's got like, more body fat. He's just got more, like he's sort got more of soft fat. and pudgy and like uh, Pillsbury type of yeah, cute o- way. Little Okafor esque. You know, Okafor not I, lean, not super lean. Minus the Boston bar fight, I would not take Julia Okafor in a fight. Yeah, that footage was actually pretty compelling Plus, in terms of... Uh, I heard vegans can't fight that well. Yeah. Uh, Poor guy. Go ahead and pick on Okafor, man. Well, he's down. <laughs> uh, jury's still out for me on... Um, Bolden? On Bolden. Yeah. I can't say confidently he's going to have a big year. Yeah. I do see some promise in there. Right. Uh, some great blocks. In, great blocks on the Lilliputians. Some, some great dunks, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I can and, see the, and, the potential. Right, Chris, absolutely. Chris Patola, one of the analysts on, on TV, former Duke bench guy, was like, Bolden still hasn't sunk in for the guy that he's six foot eleven and 250 pounds. Yeah, I like, heard him say that. He should, he should, there, there was a time where there was a guy who was like six foot four or six foot three on him. All he has to do is back him up with his big butt. And then either he should try to implement like a like a poor man's dream shake, just pump fake, get the guy up in the air, and then do a layup the other way. Like I sort of wish he should just be practicing those types of moves in practice all the time because what he did, he there was a guy six foot three on him, and he's six eleven. He's got eight inches on him and probably fifty pounds. He just passed it right back out. It was passive instead of utilizing his strengths. Right. Well, we, we don't need him to be uh, like a 20-point-per-game guy. Right. For Which, our team... Yeah, he's not going to be that. Our team, we need him to be... I mean, what we'd like him to be is some sort of dominant uh, inside presence. Defensively? Uh, defensively, hit yeah. the offensive boards hard. Yeah. You know, be a pass receiver that finishes with right. efficiency on offense. And, of course, if you get, you know, make make the, the critical pass to the three-point shooters yeah. when the opportunities present themselves. So... I think he can do all that. I actually think yeah. that's possible. I don't think but he there's has any he, chance he's going to be a lottery pick. 
anytime soon. He, he no has not, how many years he has he not upped his his offensive skill set. From what we can see in two two short games, right? Um, um, he, what you're saying is you just want him to be a, a much more talented Marshall Plumley. You got Marshall Plumley on the brain. Uh, if he yeah, if he played like Marshall Plumley his senior year, that'd be great for us. Okay, you know, I would trade yeah. him right now for Marshall Plum senior year Marshall Plumley. My guess is he's not going to be quite that, um, quite that good this year. But I, could, I I'd love for I'd love to be wrong. Um, I'd love for him to just be another I, one. I don't, of I don't know if I would the All Star squad. Where, I don't know if I would make that trade. Well, it would be, you'd get more of a sure thing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, the guy went to the Knicks, and you know he was good enough to at least like make a squad too that next year. I mean, the improvement from his freshman year to senior year was one of the all time crazy stories. I thought, uh, I mean, I, mean, I thought he was a joke. I thought Marshall, Marshall was had no shot to ever, ever get on the court. All right, um, it was Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton is the uh, the guy that's rated over Trayvon DeBall at the point guard spot. Um, you know him? I do not know Colin Sexton. Uh, from Georgia, where's he going? Is he even in college? Yeah. You going to Arizona? Is that it? Alabama. Alabama. Interesting choice. Yeah, he's gonna be a one man show in Alabama. I mean, I actually know nothing about Alabama. Probably know they have a great team returning. Is is uh, Avery Johnson still there? I don't know anything, man. I okay. know nothing. We don't, I don't even sp- know why we're hosting bo- a podcast. <laughs> we don't need to spend any more time <laughs> calling sex. Alabama. We haven't played him in, a, in, a, in years. I, I don't know. But uh, Colin Sexton, look for him. He's supposedly super competitive. He outplayed Trevon Duvall heads up uh, in one or two games, supposedly. But I think Duvall held his own. Uh, they're the two guys. Okay. Sexton has a, a better jump shot. Um, I think Duvall is considered more, more strong and skilled with the ball deep. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk about the rest of the rotation. Obviously, nobody else matters because Coach Kelvin plays seven guys. Unless somebody gets injured, even then, then they'll just reduce it to six. But just in case he plays other people, it looked like Jordan Gold, Goldwire, uh, he was might he, be the he eighth guy. Exceeded expectations. He looked pretty right. Pretty so together. So, so what I was saying is, if we, if the starting five is what we think it's going to be, mm-hmm. and then the first two guys off the bench are Bolden and Delorier, if Coach K needs like another ball handler slash shooter, it, it might scarily be Goldwire. Well, what we need is not more more scoring because everyone else can score, you know, in, in that bet, starting bet, lineup. Okay. So if you need someone to play some right. minutes, what if there with are these games guys, where we're struggling to score and we need outside shooters? This team is just not going to struggle to score. But okay, uh, yeah, if they need some three point shooting off the bench, they have O'Connell. They potentially have Tucker. Uh, maybe Jack White's ready to shoot some threes. I don't know. These guys are all just going to come in cold off the bench and knock down threes. <laughs> Listen. Maybe. Do you, do you, I don't think do, I, I mean I think do what Jordan Goldwire provides. Do you not remember last year, like the Virginia Tech game, we could not score a bucket to save our lives, and we have all these studs out there, just no, sort of no, like no, no, no. This, with an inability to create any semblance of a reasonable shot. Okay, we're gonna get into it we later. Out there, Grayson Allen out there, Jason Tatum out there. Grayson, a hampered Grayson Allen. Oh, actually, he wasn't out there. He was on the bench. I forgot. They were okay. they were chanting some very mean things at him. All right, uh, but I, I'm saying Tatum had some questionable shot, shot selection. Yeah, and I mean, I think there could be 
Canard doesn't there really have next level where, athleticism. Where I feel like a, a lack of outside shooting might might hurt this particular team. Look, teams are going to collapse, collapse the zone against us, or you know, play certain strategies and make us shoot threes. But we got plenty of three point shooting. Grayson Allen's going to be one of the best three point shooters in the country, volume shooters. Uh, apparently, Bagley and Carter can hit threes, and I think Gary Trent kind of showed he's going to potentially be a really good three point shooter. Uh, they're going to be getting a lot of minutes, those guys. I and mean, how many do you need? Who can't shoot threes? Just Delarier and Bolton. I mean, is there anyone else? I mean, I mean, out of those starting five, who? I mean, I, I think Duval's shot looked ugly, you know, in the one game. But uh, maybe he's going to be a decent three-point shooter. I, I have no idea. Uh, I feel but, I feel like they're really only Grayson and Trent. I would feel comfortable shooting threes consistently, like more than just a couple of a game. Yeah, I mean, those Bagley, are probably Bagley's the two guys are going to get volume. Rough. Carter, I'll have to wait to see if he can shoot the three. But I don't think I want Trent shooting threes. In the blue-white game, O'Connell was knocking down threes. And maybe he's yeah. maybe he's the guy off the bench with a role player. Maybe it's Tucker. But they're, we have resources available. Other teams would love to have these guys on the bench riding away. Of course, of course. So there's a chance if we ever need a three. And maybe Goldwire, you know, is going to end up being a decent shooter from three. But what he provides, I think, is, you know... Some S- steady ball handling. Steady hand. Directing offense. Steady hand doesn't, again, doesn't take a lot off the table in terms of needing to be the guy trying to score. He's a poor man's Tyler Thornton. I bet you... Is, is he a poor man Tyler Thornton? But yeah, I mean, he's a Tyler, Tyler Thornton type, Thornton most likely. Good. Tyler Thornton was a really good defensive player. He was pretty good. And was, I mean, he was thick. He was... Yeah, I really like Tyler Thornton. This guy is going to play a Tyler Thornton type of role for us. He's going to be maybe, you know, an off-the-bench game manager as a point guard. You know, just he's going to be the quarterback that doesn't make mistakes, hopefully. Okay. And as a freshman, we're hoping he can play play good defense as well. My guess is he's seeing those minutes ahead of the other guys in the rotation because he's, he's showing himself to be a defensive presence in practice. You talk, you're talking about Goldwire? Yeah. Why is he playing minutes over the more touted Tucker – why is he playing minutes over? This is a point guard. The other guys over are guys threes. with more seniority, like Jack White and Jack White's a three. Okay, but I thought Coach K likes positionless basketball. I mean, the that. fact is, they recruited this guy from out of nowhere in Kentucky. Like he was going to go to Eastern Kentucky. He's from right? Georgia. He was going to go to Western Kentucky, which is a good school. <laughs> okay, very good school. Okay, good so basketball school. I mean, but he was like a he was a three star prospect. Yeah, he was pretty down down there in but the like, rankings. They saw something they liked enough to reach out and grab him. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if I agree with you because so, and well any and my argument is he's the seventh or eighth man off the. We off. just added this guy we know nothing about, Mike Buckmeyer, right? So they're just filling slots. Yeah, you know they're just they're just filling out their their slots. They need a point guard because. The, the team is currently constituted. We've got like seven or eight bigs, you know, and we don't have that many guards. So I feel like, okay, let's let's just start imagining scenarios where Trayvon or Trent or Grayson gets injured. And yeah. They can't play. Then what do you, you can't start five bigs. I'm just saying know? Goldwire is probably going to be a role player in this team over these other guys. Yeah, because he's a point guard. You, you might be right, but... What that, are we that, arguing over? That that thought scares me, <laughs> because this is actually the the biggest. Question we just don't know anything in. about we, him. I, I want to know who the eighth guy is. We know that Bolden and Deloria are going to be the first two off the bench, but who's that guard 
who's going to come in. Who's that shooter who's going to come in? Yeah, and it's I mean, I, likely like Connell Gold, or Goldwire. Yeah, Goldwire is not the guy I had in mind. Yeah. But, you know. Well, this is the proving ground. This is what the proving ground of, of Duke practice does. Some guys emerge. And if they emerge, it's because they've they've developed the confidence and trust of the coaching staff. My my and suspicion is that Coach K is just going to leave Duvall, Trent, and Allen in there. Most of the time. Almost all the yeah, time. sure. Almost all the time. All right, so I'll, I'll tell you... I, I think you know if Goldwire ends up remaining there, he's probably like a, he's probably an eight to twelve minute a game kind of player at the top. I don't I don't see him playing twenty minutes a game. Uh, over under on Bolden minutes per game. Sixteen and a half. Uh, I'll take the over. I'll take the over on that. Um, okay. So and, and that Goldwire, could... I don't think will play. Okay, I think Goldwire will get will get some limited minutes. It, but just I, that's I, just based on the fact that he has already. Yeah. You know, I have no idea. Vrankovic, so we even talk about Vrankovic, Justin Robinson, Jack White, Alex O'Connell. Jack, Jack Dust- White Jack White seems like somebody who could fill that role of coming in being uh, an outside shooting threat and who has a little bit of experience and is athletic. I think they'd all if we're putting over under on the, any all those guys' minutes, I think we'd have to take under ten, like much under ten. Ten minutes per game for the season. Yeah, and in yeah. terms of like I mean, competitive they're, they're not games, even like, get I, the I can't imagine they're, not, they're gonna they're gonna see big roles. Um, so we probably won't be talking about them a lot this season, except in sort of spot spot role plays. Um, okay, well, uh, I think that that was pretty good on the the two exhibition games. I mean, this team is it's it's a very what's, top what's, heavy. Yeah, what what is your impression of the team? Like, let me let me ask you. How many losses for the season, and how far in the dance? You know, I, I, I think I think the NCAA tournament's inherently unpredictable, but, uh, you know, we're just making it all merit-based. This is our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. <laughs> uh, Get it on the record. I actually think this team is going to be significantly better than last year's team. Okay. I think it's, uh, I actually think it's going to be a very good, very good team, very, very good Duke team. Um, I'm not exactly sure how good all the other teams in the ACC are. Right. Uh, I know there's some good teams. Yeah. Uh, the, the league brings back a lot of good players. North Carolina's going to be good. Louisville's going to be good. Miami's going to be good. Miami's going to be good. Florida State's going to be pretty Maybe. good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's just the tip. Virginia's of the, always the, good. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Wake Forest is going to be pretty decent. Syracuse is. Yeah. State. Notre, Notre Dame. Yeah. State. Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame will be good. Yeah. Bonson anyway, Colson go, comes back. Going back so to it's gonna be a, let's, let's assume it's going to be a tough ACC. Yeah. Uh, we have a tough out-of-conference schedule with Michigan State and the games over Thanksgiving. I, but uh, I, I believe our road schedule in conference is much easier this year than last year. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we lose uh, five or six games. That's pretty optimistic. <laughs> I'm gonna go six. I'm gonna go six games. But I actually think this team is this team is going to it's number one right now. Yeah. And I think it, it's going to be number one for a significant portion of the season. And we played very Michigan well. State in yeah. in a week and a half. Yeah. Meaningless Mich- game. Michigan State is probably the best. <laughs> I'm excited team in the about it. I'm excited about it. But it's ultimately these early season big matchups don't mean all that much. Okay. But uh, you know what really matters is how they're going to develop and play January February. 
I guess March and April are kind of important too. I hope we're playing in April. I think we will be. I think this team is gonna, gonna be one of the special teams. Where's the fun? Where should we book our hotel um, rooms this year? Yeah, we talked about this in the last <laughs> podcast, haven't we? We couldn't remember when we looked it up. It's not San Antonio, right? That was this year. Let's not jinx the team by talking about booking hotel rooms. Is that how it works? That is uh, how it works in my experience. That's how it works? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were booking it last year, too. I actually think this team will, will lose fewer than six games. Okay. So we're both high on the team. I think. I, I, I think just think like, they're so supremely talented. I'd say like three and a half. Okay. Well, I'll take the over on three and a half losses, but I will take the I will also take the over on how good this team's going to wind up being if they stay healthy. You know, it's you know, final fourteen. I think it's a final fourteen. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Yeah, if I had to pick one team, college basketball to win it, it's it's us. Yeah. So that means a lot coming from two guys running a Duke basketball podcast. It's got the shortest odds, but it's close with Michigan State. But I am not always that optimistic. I was optimistic last year, and I was way, way off. Odds were much shorter last year than it is now. Uh, yeah, actually, I believe I put down a wager on this year's team after uh, right before Bagley committed. Oh, we talked about this. Yeah, yeah, I got eight to one. Okay, yeah, I yeah. got something similar. Yeah, eight to one. It I'll really, take, it I'll really, take that really hasn't changed that much. Since. It hasn't changed that much. The I five, think it dropped. Five thirty-eight. Last I looked on Pinnacle. Okay. Plus five thirty eight. That's significant, you know. It's emotionally significant. Uh, other predictions for the year. Um, do you think? Do you think? Um, do you think any? How many of these guys do you think are uh, all ACC type players? Who would you? Who would you all pick for ACC? all ACC? Um, I would go. I'll just go through them for you. You 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 know, uh, Grayson. Yes. What team? Um, he'll be one of the top three all ACC teams. Um, so pick a team. First, second, third team. Make a prediction. Second. Grayson, second team. Marvin Bagley? I don't think so. I think he'll be possibly like a all-freshman team. Wendell Carter? All ACC? I don't think so. Gary Trent? I don't think so. You think this team's going to lose three and a half games? And none of those guys besides Grayson are going to make All-ACC? I think if you go back and look at the All-ACC selections, they're typically like Spread out. one or two studs on a team that needs a guy to just take over. And I think on this particular team, balance. it's just too balanced. We have too many guys that no one guy is going to shine consistently game in, game out over a 40-game season to the point where like... like so out of the... Like, f- like, Wendell Carter is not going to average 18 points a game, and you sort of need that to make an all-ACC selection. Uh, I don't know. Like there, there, aren't, team, but there aren't guys okay. who are averaging like 11 and 7 who are like second-team all-ACC. It just doesn't happen. There's so many seniors, good seniors, that are up, up yeah, and that, down the that, conference. That's a fair point. There are a lot of teams in the conference yeah. as well. But I think collectively this team will be... All right, let me ask you a more great. interesting question then. Who do you think the best player on the... Who do you think is going to have the best season? Easily. Grace and I. Okay. Out of the freshmen, who do you think is going to be the best on the court for Duke this year, all in all? Wendell Carter. Okay. Who's next? When you say best, what do you mean by that? Most valuable to this particular team or just... Um, yeah, most valuable. The best, best most, player. Most, At the end of the year, you're going to say, this guy was our best player, this guy was our second best player, this guy was our third best player. So you got Grayson and Wendell in the first two slots. 
then I'd go Bagley, and then DeBall, and then Trent. Okay. Do you, do, does your ranking differ? Uh, I'm going to answer the same question. I'm going to say, I think Grayson's going to score the most points. Right. And I mean, he, t- he took like 10 threes in a game. Yeah, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a volume shooter. I think he's, he's gonna he's gonna score the most the ball. points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they guard him too close. There's or if they double him, he's gonna get an assist. I think Carter is gonna be. I think Carter's gonna be the best player on the team. Um, you think Wendell Carter's gonna be the best player on this team? Yeah, I think he's gonna be the best player on the team. Uh, I think uh, I think Grayson's probably second. Gary Trent third, Duvall then Bagley. I'm just not. I'm. I, I can't wait for Bagley to prove me wrong and be the best. Bagley has, out of all the freshmen, he has the highest upside. There's a chance we're going to look back on this podcast, and he's going to be first team All ACC easy, be the player of the year. He's going to be ACC player of the year. There's a chance of that, right? Marvin Bagley. There's a chance. Okay. He's going to be the number one draft pick in the NBA. I mean, maybe he's. Gonna have a Ben Simmons year. Go back to fourteen and seven. Could be fourteen and seven. We just don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think There's so much uncertainty about how the team shakes out. It's really fun to have this much talent and not really know what's gonna happen. It might be like five guys spreading the ball around evenly, and it doesn't matter who's getting what awards. And at the end of the year, we're gonna be like, wow, five, five or six guys that. We're just all world for us this year, and we won the national title, and there's not even any ranking them, you know. But uh, we'll see. Anyone, uh, if who would you say is most likely to disappoint you this year out of the out of the top seven guys? It's gotta be Bagley. His <laughs> expectations are so high. Yeah, that's the I mean, problem. That's so what high. I'm reacting to. I think when I'm, um, I I don't see uh, Carter or Trent disappointing. Um, I think Duvall might shy away from shooting outside. Um, and so that might be, but I mean, he brings so much, so much else. I, I feel like Bolden and Delore could disappoint, you know? And yeah. if, if they disappoint a lot, then they could transfer to the point where they could transfer. I think, uh, I think Bolden will, will have a slightly disappointing season. You know, compared to last year's expectations, but also probably compared to what he's hoping he, this year he will and his be. Family want. Yeah, um, and I think I think Delaria is actually going to surpass all expectations this year and be be really great. I think he's going to be really good for this team uh, as we've been over, and uh, I'm hoping maybe you know one of these bench guys emerges emerges as like a reliable three point shooter and or reliable point guard. Paul Handler. Ball handler, main main cog, defensive reliability, and uh, we'll see. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a fun year. We're going to uh, try to podcast once a week. Um, Mondays, Mondays, or Sunday, Tuesdays. If sun- there's a game on Monday, Sunday nights, Monday daytime, uh, Monday Tuesday releases. Basically, yeah. Early in the week. Early in the week. Uh, you know, if there's a huge game or an enormous story. Could be an emergency podcast sprinkled in, but for the most part, we're going to try to do it once a week. We appreciate everyone uh, listening. We're looking forward to having fun talking about, uh, you know, we're blessed that uh, we have all this talent. 
we um, are talk about reloading. It's we're too blessed. Yeah, and so far, knock on wood, everybody seems healthy. Uh, yeah, and you know, I hope our biggest concern all year is whether guys showed up late for class in uh, October, <laughs> right? So, okay. Anything else, Peter? Do you want to talk about Okafor real fast? Do you? Yeah, now's the time to do it. Uh, so basically what happened is... Poor Jaleel. Basically Jaleel, uh, Jaleel's fourth year option was not picked up. He came into training camp this year, slimmed down, switched to a vegan diet in the offseason. He legitimately looked better in the preseason than he had, which isn't... To, to your eyes. On the defensive end. To your eyes. On the defensive end, to everyone's eyes. He looked a little better on the uh, defensive you're end. speaking for everyone? Yeah, well, I follow Philadelphia basketball Twitter, and I'm a... You know, I'm a, I've watched every 76ers game since he was drafted. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I think, so you're an expert. So, well, and I read all the 76ers writers. I know, I know what the consensus is. The consensus was he looked a little better in the preseason, but he's still Okafor. And to, to Philadelphia basketball Twitter, that means he's just the worst. He's the worst pl- defensive People player. People hate him? They just think he's the worst defensive player ever. Okay. And he has no chance to improve. He's just so limited. And that he's, like, a pretty decent offensive player, but... A bit of a black hole and then he never passes out it's like the ball goes to Jaleel and he's going to take a slightly inefficient post move shot or like a mid-range he's a very good passer in his one year at Duke he was and it was surprising that he became such a black hole in offense he could handle the ball with one hand and just pass out looking over people yeah, he still does that trick and he, sometimes it gets a lot of the way from him but rarely you know he really has like a reflexes issue you know on defense but he, he puts his head down and he, he's, he's going to the basket. Okay. And he, his shooting percentage has not been that bad in the NBA. Yeah. But his plus-minus numbers, his on-off-court numbers on the defensive end, they're amongst the worst in, in history of the NBA since they've been tracking these things. His um, plus-minus? His real plus-minus. He was... Really? Bottom 1% of the NBA. Yeah. In history? Since he's been in the NBA. Okay. These are these are relative numbers to the, to the rest of the league. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, there's a reason he's on the bench. There's a reason he hasn't played. Obviously, Joel Embiid is supremely talented and just got signed to a max contract for a reason despite the injuries. Like His, his plus-minus and his off-on-court numbers are insane. The Sixers, while he's like played in the only 35, 40 games in his career, have had the defense of a top five NBA team when he's on the court. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid and a bottom ten defense when he's off the court. Okay. Right. Offense. He's, he's that good. He's that. He's, he affects the game that much. Okay. I mean, I just understated it. I believe they had the second or third best defense in the NBA when he was on the court last year, and the 29th best defense in the NBA when he was off the court. You you would agree that sample size is very small, 31 games. Relatively small, but. You know, but you can see it. You can see it. Okay. Uh, and he's a, an efficient, effective offensive player. There's a complaint about Embiid that he turns the ball over too much. He turns the ball over a lot. But given the amount he's played, his health, it's just incredible what he does. So there was no doubt Jaleel Okafor was never going to be the starting five when Embiid was healthy. Okay. We thought the battle was between Noel and uh, Okafor for the future backup center, or maybe one of them could figure out how to play the four. Right. Right. Uh, but that, that didn't really come to pass. Turned out, Rashawn Holmes, who was a second-round pick the year Okafor was drafted, has developed into a, a really good pick-and-roll you know, threat. 
and uh, you know block shot machine. Um, so he's the guy that Sixers signed Amir Johnson, and basically uh, Holmes has been out with an injury. Amir Johnson got the nod over Okafor, and basically Brett Brown took Okafor out of the rotation. Only played him in one game where they, you know, against the Raptors, and they, they got beat by 30 points, and just hasn't put him back in the game since. Um, Do you think Brett Brown is receiving instruction from above him? I think I think Brett Brown was sort of forced to play him last year to try to prop up his trade value. Okay. And if it was up to him, he just wouldn't have played him. He just doesn't think he's a good basketball player, or at least not for this team. He's a little bit like cursed Okafor because Brett Brown is a bit of a new age coach. He believes in like advanced metrics. Advanced metrics. He be- but he also believes in like really fast pace of play, and. Let's face it, Okafor's not a thoroughbred running up and down the court. He's, he's slow. Yeah. Uh, and the way the NBA game's moving is just anti-Okafor, anti-Andre Drummond, anti-these Drum- types. Drummond's still in the game getting 14 yeah, boards Drummond's, a game. Yeah, no, Drummond's still kind of doing it. But, you know, he hasn't started every game the last couple of years. And he's a guy who got signed to a huge contract. Greg Monroe, yeah. same sort of issue. Comes off the bench for the Bucks. Yeah. You know, uh these, these low-post players that can't space the floor, can't shoot from the outside, and don't protect the rim well on the def- defensive end, like guard against... They're just too negative. Hmm? They're just too negative. To they end up being... Yeah, they end up not doing well in these advanced metrics. And so the, what's going to happen? So uh, basically they didn't pick up his fourth-year option. Okafor demanded they, a trade. But they also won't release him. or They won't release him. He demanded the buyout or be released. Yeah. Or, you know, of course a trade still. The Okafor camp claims that there have been trades on the table, which the Sixers could have taken. Okafor says he talked to Colangelo, Jerry Colangelo. No, Brian Colangelo, sorry. Yeah. He's the GM of the Sixers. Jerry's his dad, who's a USA basketball guy. And that uh, he told him he's not going to release him for nothing. But they're going to get nothing for him at the end of the season when he becomes a free agent. Of course. So not picking up his option made him an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much he gets or if anyone signs him. To anything more than a minimum deal, given the apparent lack of trade market for him, so nobody's obviously been willing to give up a first round pick for him. Even yeah. a good team that has a late first rounder, even with a lot of protections, uh, that that's the impression. Because they would have traded him by now. What are all these for murmurs? Anything. What are all these murmurs that um, Brad Stevens likes him? There's been rumors for a couple of years about Danny Ainge and the Celtics liking Okafor. Yeah. They could have traded for him at any time, and they just haven't. They're, because they don't have to give up anything at the end of the year. Yeah, because I mean, what if what do they really care? If the price has been sliding. Season. Yeah, the price what do they really been, care. Well, at this point, the problem is if you bring him in and he does well, then you got to pay him. Oh, but so it's better then. In the off season, yeah. like there isn't going to be that. It's just going to be a minimum market. contract. Well, I don't know if it'll be minimum, but it might be like, might be. I mean, my guess is Okafor is going to take a one year contract try to prove himself somewhere right. in order to get a bigger contract the following year. Okay. Right? So he'll probably have to take like a one-year, $3 million contract in a place that he feels is an ideal spot for him to get some minutes. Um, I don't know where that is. I don't know who can play him. The Celtics can't play Okafor. You know? What about the Bulls, where he's from? Chicago. So the Bulls and the Suns are the, the other two teams that have been mentioned the most. Okay. And the Bulls are completely rebuilding, so they don't mind losing and tanking. So even oh, if... Go to a tanking team. I go see. to a tanking okay. team. And maybe end up becoming a foundational piece if he can turn it around. He's still only 21. He's about to turn 22. So, you know, I still think there's a chance he can turn his career around. Yeah. 
but uh, I mean, I wish I would love to hear. Gerald Henderson was on the um, yeah well, on the I, broadcast I meant, of these exhibition games. That, yeah, I would love to hear Gerald Henderson's candid thoughts on Okafor. I know he can't really give them. Yeah, I was I was surprised <laughs> because Spatola went off on he said the, the Sixers for I mean they should be ashamed of themselves for for basically holding him captive. He said he did. They did. They're doing him wrong. Yeah, they're really doing him. And dirty. Gerald played with played with them. Previous Gerald, two, three seasons, he notably, could maybe he kept his mouth it, shut. But he kept, kept his mouth shut. Of course, he kept his mouth shut. Yeah. He I wants mean, to. He's, he's a free a, agent. He wants to sign. Somewhere. Yeah, when, when he rehabs his thing and if, gets do, healthy, do you think he'll come back and play? Yeah, he's only twenty nine. That's about. And he was that, pretty right? good last year. Gerald Henderson was shot he like good? shot like close to forty percent from three point range for the Sixers. Okay, and shot like fifty percent from the field. Was a pretty decent role player. Yeah, started a lot of games. I mean, he can definitely still play in the NBA. If he comes back healthy, okay, and like if he speaks out on a contract, anything he said about Okafor, it's going to get headlines right now, right. this week, right, right. Like he might say something to you off the record and let you know how it is, but he's not going to go on the record and like, you know, betray confidences either for, for either side, either side. So it's it, yeah. these guys must much must be in such delicate situations because you see this so much. Players who are still sort of playing, they're like analysts now. You see Paul Pierce retiring, then they're in the, they're like commenting or analyzing, you know, like, and they don't want to like, they don't mess they don't with other, betray the players. They don't mess with anyone's livelihood. Right, they're making money, but they and also, they don't want to see them being disloyal to a team. Yeah, you know, but that's that's what they're paid to do, you know. Yeah, I think once some time passes, they can go back and talk about it. I bet you there's going to be a lot of stories that come out. You know, if people are still interested in talking about it 10 years from now, you know, yeah, like people will be able to talk about it a little more candidly. It's a sad situation because here's a guy who was Grayson, Grayson Allen said he was the most dominant player he's played with, and he's played with some truly fantastic players. And he's he's a is he like a joke? He's he's sort of turned into a joke, he's an advanced analytics NBA joke, he's a nightmare. And it's weird because you see people talk about it. Well, he scored 17 points a game his rookie year. Yeah. And averaged seven rebounds. Right. But, like... His, he, his actual effect on the game was horrific. It wasn't good. Yeah. <laughs> his yeah. rebounding numbers, his rebounding rates are not actually good. Yeah. You know, his... Uh, you know, his, and his defensive... His defensive prowess is just a big problem. Uh, if you could transport him back forty years and he'd be a dominant NBA player, <laughs> it's a weird thing. I think we're gonna have to cut this out. We just talked for half an hour about Okafor. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad me and you talked about it. Where? How far are we? Uh, yeah, we were actually. It's about been about ten minutes on Okafor. I I love the guy. Like I like watching. Jaleel, I even Jaleel like. Jaleel I like Okafor. watching him play, and I'm rooting for him. I watch him in the preseason. He was so good at Duke. He he's, was so. The good. The thing is, he's still good at a certain type of basketball. I, I feel like I don't think he's good at NBA basketball this decade. Yeah, and it's a weird thing because I like the old style of basketball. Maybe Wendell Carter could be that good, if not better. I mean, Okafor's going like if he's not already working on it, he should be working on his three point shot, and <laughs> and he should probably be working on somehow becoming. See, he's too, he's kind of too slow to guard fives, so he can't guard fours. Yeah. 
It's like um, there's his, no there's nowhere to to hide him. His best upside is like Enos Cantor, who generally has been a bench player the last few years because oh, uh, he's like an offensive guy off the bench. Yeah, like if the Sixers didn't have weren't there are teams where he could be a guy off the bench who comes in as instant offense for a team that needs it, but. You know, low, post post play in the NBA has become like frowned upon right. because it leads to turnovers. They're very good at double teaming. If you can't pass out of the post super effectively, like it's a low percentage two point play. Like everyone's looking to continue the sad tales. Yeah. Uh, what about Luke Kennard? Is he does he even dress for games? <laughs> I noticed that I he wasn't. I don't he think wasn't he dresses. I don't playing. see his name on box scores. Uh, I saw he played like a few minutes in the early games and then mm-hmm. he just sort of disappeared. I mean, JJ Redick did the same thing his first season with, with Stan Van Gundy. Um, JJ uh, uh, Redick got got some run. So I'm looking at Kennard. He's, he's he's played significant minutes in four of the ten games. Uh, significant means ten to nineteen, and he's gotten you know DMP. Coach's decision, uh, you know, five times. He had a two-minute game, which didn't mean anything. And, uh, you know, he's – I think I think there's going to be opportunities for him to continue to, to get some, some spot minutes. I mean, of course, it's so early. You know, the Pistons are actually playing pretty well. Yeah. And uh, they beat the Warriors. Uh, there's some very surprising – In Golden State, right? Results to games so far in the NBA season. Um, actually, the Pistons are in a lot of the talks about uh, Eric Bledsoe. Okay. Getting Eric Bledsoe, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen, actually. But, yeah, I mean, it's too early. It's just too early to uh, really – I mean, Jason Tatum's a success. I mean, he's starting, he playing playing well. And, and the, all, the tragic Gordon Hayward um, injury has led to opportunity for Jason Tatum. That's what they said, but he started that first game anyways. Yeah. With Gordon Haywood. Like, he was going to get minutes and play a significant role either way. Right. I mean, I guess he'll get more minutes now. Yeah. And, you know, what people are talking about is how good his all-court game is. His you know, what game? All-court game? All-court game. His def- okay. defensive game has been a really yeah. good defensive role player. Yeah. And I think it's a lot healthier for him to be in a, just in a situation where he's not a high-usage player. He doesn't have to force shots. Yeah. Um, he's not expected to provide, deliver most of the offense. You know, even though like, he can, he can, he can look for his moments here and there. You know, one of the concerns was is that he's you know like a relatively inefficient mid range jump shooter. Yeah, like who's going to be looking to break guys down all like Kobe Bryant all the time. Right. This is a better NBA role for his future. Uh, you know, and it, when the time comes, maybe he'll be a little more ready to become a ball dominant guy. Sure. In a couple of years, so it's great. He's playing meaningful minutes on a team that's going to make you know be a playoff threat. And uh, Celtics look good without Hayward. And Kyrie continues to, to traject as the greatest Duke, Dukey of all time. Kyrie has had a great first ten games. We'll see. We'll <laughs> see if his defense keeps up. He's had a surprisingly great defensive showing. And he's and he conti- Brad Stevens continues to look like the greatest coach of all time. Kyrie yeah. continues to traject as a dunce. Yeah, he keeps making comments. He, he, he talked he, about the flat earth thing again? No, he, he said he <laughs> said I, I've been craving an intellectual coach for so long, which is effectively saying Tyron Lue's a dud and David Blatt's a dud. Like there's no yeah, imagination to their coaching, whereas Brad Stevens has all these 
I mean, Brad Stevens is Of course, phenomenal. Brad Stevens is world class. But, and we've but been saying that for years. But you don't say that. It's pretty classless. Because it then sounds, people are going to yeah, extrapolate and say, yeah, so it's LeBron you can get along with and Ty Lu, and I mean, He may not have meant to, to say uh, that, but, but he's but not come an on. idiot. He's well, not an idiot. Well, he may be an idiot, dude. He, you know, come on. Flat Earth thing. Mike Eckstutt on the podcast <laughs> calls Kyrie Irving an idiot. He may be an idiot. He may be an idiot. Uh, he's certainly a basketball genius, though. He is <laughs> a uh, ball handling genius. He's he's going to be something else, and especially, I don't know if Cleveland's struggles will continue, um, but the Celtics seems they seem to be the team. Yeah, uh, the East is wide open. The Raptors are uh, Raptors, Wizards, Celtics. And my 76ers <laughs> playing without Okafor, R5 and 4, and ripped off four in a row. Yeah, and uh, JJ's look pretty good. Did I tell you, I'm going to go up to Salt Lake City, and we're going to watch the uh, Sixers play the Jazz on Tuesday. This Tuesday? Tuesday night, you're welcome to come. Oh. I'm going to see Rodney Hood, I, Quinn Snyder, I and... I think you uh, did invite me a couple weeks ago. JJ Redick. JJ Redick, by the way. Does he look good? He made eight three-pointers the other night against... Uh, oh, that one game. Who was it, against Indiana? Yeah, against Indiana. Okay. Uh, including like the, the three clincher, sh- the clincher, right? Couple, two couple straight down, yeah, clinchers. One was like a prayer, like an absolute prayer. But he was leaning and running right with like time going. It just took this wild shot. Of course, it went in. He just was on fire. Right. I've been impressed. I mean, I've been I've watched every JJ Reddick game this year, and I hadn't. I'd watched him a little bit here and there over the last few years with the Clippers, but I hadn't really watched all game every game. The way I do with the Sixers, he's um, he's such a professional. He needs so little space to get his shot off. Yeah, and uh, he's really so like, little time also. He's really a good passer. Okay, he's really turned into a, a very nice passer. And I looked up his stats. He's he's you know, gets three or four assists a game the last few years on his Clippers teams, which makes sense. But right. even on the Sixers, he's you know he had a game of five assists, a game of six assists. Um, it's, it's, so he scored 31 the other night in that win with those eight three-pointers, and it was yeah. pretty off the hook. He had a struggle with a little back injury, sat out two games. Is Simmons um, transcendent? Simmons Simmons is the real deal, man. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, 6'10 guy, handling the ball like a point guard, and, and he is not turning it over. He is legit the point guard. He brings the ball up, and he runs the offense? Absolutely, okay. yeah. So he's uh, like Magic Johnson. Sometimes he plays plays off the ball. T.J. McConnell comes in off the bench, yeah. and T.J. becomes the the primary, you know, offense instigator. But you know, even mid possession, they'll switch that role. Uh, and uh, there's been what he can do. They the the Pacers started with Darren Collison guarding him, who's like six two six three. Guarding uh, Ben Simmons. Yeah, they put the point guard on the point guard, and Simmons just took him down to the post and just wrecked him. <laughs> like a few possessions, they quickly backed off that strategy. We'll see. They keep employing different strategies, trying to take things away. He's been a surprisingly effective scorer. Uh, his passing has been great. His rebounding has been fantastic. So he's averaging like 18, 19 a game, nine rebounds, seven and a half assists. And it's they they played tough teams. He's looked good against tough teams. So yeah, it's um that's the start of his career. Pretty, pretty scary hmm. uh, how good he might be. Okay. Sixers are exciting. I, I suggest everybody watch them. Watch. <laughs> if, if they're still listening at this point. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, we'll cut down the Okafor talk. 
if you got the five minute version of the Okafor, know that we talked about it for 20 minutes. It was too much. <laughs> and uh, everybody else, I mean, Mason Plumlee's got a bench roll of the Nuggets. The Nuggets look Marshall pretty is decent. gone, right? He's no longer with the Clippers. Marshall's not on an NBA roster, as far as I know. And Seth Curry is injured, or is he gone? Seth Curry has uh, picked up a fairly significant injury for the Mavericks. Injury? The, okay. the struggling Mavericks. I think they're 1 and 9. I think they're tanking. Uh, well, it's great year. Well, they tank. are tanking, but everybody tries to win on the court. Yeah, nobody tries to. The players are trying to win. Some phenomenal players coming out. But I mean, that's a team with Harrison Barnes. That's a team with still have Dirk on the court. Don't forget about Yogi Ferrell. My boy Norlands Noel's on that team. Uh, oh, Dennis Smith Jr. looks fantastic. Dennis, well, he doesn't look fantastic. He looks Some like he's a lot of potential. Yeah, his highlights look fantastic, but he's not shooting a super high percentage. Okay. Uh, the rookie class looks fantastic overall. I mean, right. really fantastic. Uh, except for Marco Fultz, <laughs> who's uh, got a shoulder injury of some sort. I mean, he uh, looked like a joke. There was something wrong with him. There was something wrong with him, clearly. He's a guy who wasn't, you know, he's a guy <laughs> who like, was a high percentage three point shooter his whole basketball career and I don't hasn't attempted once in summer league when he was like making a lot of threes. Get out of here. I mean, there's something wrong. I don't know. It might be mental. It might be physical. Okay. It might be both. But most of the times, when something's wrong with you, the Sixers hit you. Clearly, they've demonstrated that trend. Well, it's a whole thing. They they had different stories. It's unclear what happened. Uh, yeah, it's very unclear. Uh, all right. Yeah, hopefully, Luke Kennard starts getting some minutes. Uh, Jason Tatum. Hopefully, Harry Giles makes his way back towards the end of the year. But I'm not holding my breath. Any other recent alums? Emil and Matt didn't didn't make a, a squad. Yeah. I mean, I check in on Tyus Jones. He still hasn't really cracked that many minutes. Justice seems to be like getting about twenty five minutes off the bench. Justice, you know, justice is, is definitely fraudulent. a little on the decline in terms of yeah. expectations. I, I read one article about how he just can't shoot. There's no there's there's nowhere to hide him offensively because he he cannot shoot. Yeah. So and well, and I think maybe you know his defensive game hasn't been as superior as it had been, yeah. or they're hoping it would develop into. Right. So he's a guy. He's in his third year. Uh, I actually didn't see if they picked up his fourth year option. I don't know. I'm assuming they did because he was a later pick than Okafor. Okafor was due seven million next year. It's a lot of money. So yeah. like, you know, if Sixers weren't going to play him, of course they weren't going to pick up the option. Right. Like they'd like that cap space for something else. Hopefully he gets traded soon or gets the buyout or release and we get a chance to see him play somewhere. I think there's still a chance we'll get some minutes on the Sixers at some point. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Going back to Duke this Friday, Elon. Um, and we'll get, you know, right now this team is all potential, but hopefully we just blow out every team like 1999. I think we're going to blow the doors of a lot of teams. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Uh, it's uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. E, I guess I have to watch it on the phone again. ESPN 3, it's saying. Uh, but who knows? If you're in ACC country, you can probably catch it on local TV. Um, one of the things I've been doing with the exhibition games is I'll take my iPhone, I'll do AirPlay, I'll put, I'll put you know, get it on my internet browser, uh, or the ESPN app, yeah, and uh, play it on my phone, and then you know swipe up, put on AirPlay, put on my Apple TV, and I can watch it on my 
my big screen, which nice. is nice. Yeah. If you haven't tried that at home, that's a pro tip for you. I just got the iPhone X. Have you seen these? How is it? Uh, I don't know. Seems the same. Somebody said it seems the same. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a little different. The camera, the camera is actually fantastic. Um, good for me. I take a lot of pictures of my kids. Yeah. Uh, the, so the pictures are noticeably better. Uh, 4K resolution on the uh, the video as well. So okay. that, that's a good thing. That's worth a lot to me actually. And then my phone was two years old and the battery wasn't working anymore. Right. Um, all right. Well. Um, Sorry about the last ending to this podcast yes we will uh, we'll spend less we're, we're time out of, we're out of practice we'll spend less time on the NBA we're out of practice and uh, once we start seeing some games real games against real opponents I feel like we'll be more focused uh, yeah we'll, just, we'll get into these blowout wins hopefully so we play Elon on Friday we actually play Utah Valley it looks like on the, Saturday the very next day two cupcakes at home and then Tuesday following Tuesday, Michigan State at the United Center in Chicago. So the next podcast will likely come out on that Monday before the Michigan State game. This is very much like last year. Uh, Yeah, you know. They did two games, and then there was the Kansas game, which was close. You're noticing a try. They do this a lot of the time, yeah. Um, All right, so should we make predictions for Elon and Utah Valley? You want to say average margin of victory? Set an over-under, last thing we talk about? I don't know anything about these teams. <laughs> against Elon, I'm hoping for 15, 20 points. Against, what'd you say, Utah Valley? Utah Valley. 40 points. All right, look on our Twitter feed. We'll post a few 40 notes points. about the upcoming opponents. And uh, there's a small chance the website will be coming soon. Probably not. <laughs> we'll let you know. Thanks for listening. You can, uh, you can download, uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Stitcher. Um... This has been the Duke Basketball Junkies. We crave your feedback. Keep the emails uh, coming, guys. Keep the emails coming. Uh, keep the reviews coming uh, on iTunes. Hmm? Email address? Our email address is uh, dukebasketballjunkies at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at dukebbjunkies. Uh, junkies with an IES, guys. All right. Uh, have a great one. Uh, enjoy your last five or six days without uh, actual Duke basketball games. Try to get through them, uh, and it's almost here. But get ready, because there's going to be a ton of games coming early season. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And we, we've got some ACC games in December, just now, so I think they're pushing up the schedule. But, uh, anyway, go Duke, and looking forward to the season. Go Duke.